This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Reds Hot Stove Room. The Reds are on the radio. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by... The Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM Food Group, MSA Architects, Thompson McConnell Cadillac, and by Document Destruction. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... And this one belongs to the Reds! CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealers. The Healthcare Management Group, Greater Care for Greater Cincinnati. And by Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. You think of the opening of the baseball season, and it only happens in Cincinnati. There's a long drive into center field. That ball can be cut. It might be out of here. It's off the board. Rose around second. Now he's around third, and he's going to score easy, and we win. We have won the ball game. Yes, sir. My first win on the mic. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Why the pitch? Concepcion hits it deep to left field. Oh, Marty looks up, and Davey got a whole bunch. I do not believe it. I don't believe it. Dave Concepcion has just hit a ball in the red seats in left field. Unbelievable. How about that? Well, you just swing the bats, you're dangerous, and it's proven once again. No one. Swung on and hit well in the left field. Get out of here, baseball. It's gone. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Johnny Bench has tied it up. Absolutely amazing. He makes a tour, and I'll tell you what, you can't write anything like that. Boy, oh 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 boy. Kusley checks Bates. He delivers. Oh, Oliver swings and grabs it. was a Joe Nuxall wild pitch. I'll tell you right there. <laughs> you know, there are probably people hosting that remember it. Remember it, yeah. yeah. That was a good imitation of myself. I thank the Reds for allowing me to be on the radio with Marty for really 40 years, I guess you would say. I thank the fans of Cincinnati, the baseball fans. You're the best. There's no doubt in my mind. This is the old left-hander rounding third and heading for home. Good night, everyone. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. 
Great crowd here tonight, people hanging out. It's a pleasure to be joined on the program tonight, fresh off of a cruise, getting back into town with some of the uh, other Reds. Marty Brenneman was there, and Scooter Jeanette was there. A big round of applause. Welcome, Jim Day, to the program this week. Thank you. Nice How are you feeling? Here. You were a little under the weather on the cruise, right? I caught a little bit of a something, but I'm good. All good to go. Okay. You know, we started our show tonight with those highlights, and I really want to thank Joe Zerhusen for taking the time earlier today we talked about the program because, as many of you may know, some of you may not know, today, November the 15th, or coming up, of course, is the anniversary of, 10-year anniversary of the passing of the old left-hander, Joe Nuxall. It is hard to believe that 10 years have passed since he passed, and in a minute we're going to be joined by his son, Kim Nuxall, and all the great work he's doing with the Joe Nuxall Foundation. And, Jim, I know you had a chance to be around him when you first got started. I was around him starting as a 10-year-old little kid when my dad got the job and we moved here from Virginia Beach, Virginia. But, uh, you know, anything come to mind off the top of your head when you, you, you think back to, I, I think it's safe to say, and I, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart, I don't know if there's ever been a finer man that ever walked the planet than Joe Nuxall. Same thing. I would I would echo the same sentiments. And I, I came, uh, started working with the Reds broadcast late in Joe's career, and he couldn't have been nicer to me, couldn't have opened his, opened the doors uh, any more to me. And I, you know, I've said it many times, I was the kid with the transistor radio, uh, sneaking it under the pillow, listening to Marty and Joe for so many years. And man, all those calls just took me right back uh, to that childhood. But it was the way that Joe treated me and I think everyone else out there, yep. this is why he was so beloved, is because he treated everyone the same way. And I'm not sure, if, you talk about the Cincinnati Reds organization, the oldest professional baseball franchise, and he may be the most loved yep. individual in Reds history. Mm-hmm. And that is saying something. Well, it is. It's a great point you make. I mean, you can have great players, and we know Pete Rose, born and raised here in Cincinnati. You can have Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan. We could go right down the line. But when you consider so many of the circumstances that, A, he grew up in the area, up in Hamilton. B, he pitches in the major leagues at 15 years old. Eight years later is when he finally comes back to the Reds, has a great career the Reds, and then you get to know the guy as a broadcaster for over 40 years. And, and, and the mark he's made in his town and I'd like to go to the right now to the, the phone line and bring in uh, Kim Nuxall. And, and Kim, you're the guy that, that has, has maintained the Joe Nuxall Foundation and all the incredible work that you're doing for kids um, just north of Cincinnati. And I don't know, is today is a 10-year anniversary? Does it, it feel any different today, Kim, than it did five years ago, 10 years ago? Is today a tough day for you and your family? Uh, or you look back on it and you're able to smile a little bit? Well, combination of both as I listened to those uh, clips there, uh, yeah, it definitely stirred up some uh, some emotion. But, uh, yeah, I can immediately go back to uh, 10 years ago, uh, you know, when he passed and just all that took place after that. And uh, I always think about how much Dad loved everyone, and that day showed how much everyone uh, loved him back. And here we are 10 years later, and uh, I'm still feeling the, still feeling the same way. You know, Kim, all of my daughter's friends and all of my son's friends, they think I'm the coolest guy in the world. But when I get home, for your kids, you're the biggest jerk in the world some days. You know how that goes, right? Is it conceivable that your dad 
was ever not the guy that all of us got to know that seemingly saw him every day, summer after summer after summer? Because we were talking a minute ago. You heard us. I, I don't know if there's ever been a nicer man that I've ever had the honor of meeting in my life than your dad. Well, you know, I, I say this often, too. The day he signed the contract, you know, even at age 15, he, like he realized how fortunate he was, and he knew who made his career. It was the fans. And, uh, you know, it's a simple way of living a life. Treat others the way you wanted to be treated. And Dad was a shining example of that. And he instilled it in, in myself and my brother. And, uh, you know, as a result, uh, all these uh, wonderful things have happened um, just the way he lived his life. I know one of his dreams was the Miracle League Fields and uh, giving back and helping others. The way that you've been able to grow uh, with everything that you've done with the Miracle League fields, and, and I've been to the uh, the ball that you, I think you had this past Wednesday. I, I, I've attended that. Um, just a tremendous organization and that you have going. How proud would your father be of uh, the way you were able to carry on his legacy and really live out his dream? Well, I know he's looking down with big tears and, and smiles as well for just the, the people that have helped out. I could just spend the next hour talking about how many people just stepped up to to make everything happen you know the miracle league uh we opened in 2012 we have 300 kids playing from age 4 to 72 we have thousands of kids who come from schools over the last five years uh, and dad's baby the the scholarship fund he started back in 1985 we're going to have the 34th year uh, the character fund, the things we've done with that. I, I know Dad's awful proud, and uh, he's proud of the people. And that's, that, that's I think, the most overwhelming thing for me is uh, I walk around with this just overwhelming feeling of gratitude for for all who have helped uh, make it what it is. Tim, what do you have next up on the docket? What, what do you got going on? What are you trying to do? Well, you know, we are. We always uh, we have our, our, our kind of our, our mantra is make it Disney-like. And uh, last year we raised money at our Miracle Ball for a wheelchair-accessible uh, ability world. We installed that this spring. And this past Wednesday we raised enough money, I think, to break ground for a nine-hole wheelchair-accessible miniature golf course. So uh, we're excited about that. Hopefully next spring, hopefully complete it by uh, end of the summer, and then on to uh, our, our big, big next big dream. We hope to build a gymnasium someday. So we never stop dreaming um, for our kids. You know, if, if we don't, who's going to? And, uh, you know, it's our honor to, uh, to do the things that we do for the people we do it for. Tim, before I let you go, if there are people that are listening right now, wherever they may be, and they're interested in helping make reality some of these dreams that you have at the foundation occur, how could they do that? Well, sure. Just uh, visit our website. They can, um, NuxallMiracleLeague.org. They can uh, reach out to me on Facebook. They can call down to the Miracle League fields at 829-NUXIE. That's pretty easy to remember. Pretty uh, easy to remember. Yep. So, uh, yeah, again, uh, Tom, I just want to thank you, Jim, and gosh, you know, Tom, your dad, and all the fans. It, it really has been an amazing thing here 10 years later, all the wonderful things that are still happening in Dad's memory. And it, it's really all because of the fans. And on the behalf of the family, uh, I just want to share our, our heartfelt gratitude. Well, Kim, it's you and Bonnie, your wife, to keep this thing rolling. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you on this day. I know so many of us are able to smile on this day and all the incredible memories we have remembering your dad on this 10th anniversary of his passing. So 
thanks for your time tonight. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, right. Jim. Kim Nuxall, yeah. mm -hmm. kind enough to join us. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of people here when we come back after the break that were around Joe Nuxall a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk some baseball tonight. We're going to talk about Reds Fest and many, many other things. But it's only fitting that in this town on this day, 10 years later, we remember Joe Nuxall. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks presented by Budweiser, the Holy Grail and Banks and Budweiser, proud sponsors of the Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next show. That will be next Wednesday night, November the 22nd. That is the night before Thanksgiving. Specials on Bud and Bud Lights. Buckets of both at the Holy Grail Bank, Cincinnati's home for sports. Before we get to the bottom of the hour, we'll start talking about Reds Fest and, and some baseball to talk about, certainly. But, you know, kind of continuing our theme for a minute or two. For those who don't know, Rob Butcher is the director of media relations for the Reds, which basically means if there is one guy in the organization that is around the players or those associated with a team, the traveling party, every single day, Nobody is around those particular people more than Rob Butcher. And, Rob, you've been here seemingly forever and a day. I mean, if there is one feels guy, like yeah, yeah, uh, and feels <laughs> like it, I have no doubt. But, but, you know, you look back 10 years ago, passing a Joe Nuxall, and when you look back of all the, the thousands and thousands of days you were around him, anything stand out or come to mind? You know, I have a, a great story. As you guys know, we fly a lot. You're on our planes, and inevitably, inevitably during the course of the season, you get uh, the old Knuckleball Express landing. You're taking off, and I'll never forget one time we were landing. It had to be Chicago because Chicago is the worst for whatever mm -hmm. reason in the Midwest in the summer. It's just a terrible place to land. So we're coming in, and uh, we're bouncing all over the place. You know, the guys in the back who are really, really cool guys that stand up the whole time. They're flying. They, they sat down. They strapped in. So we're all white-knuckling it. And uh, every once in a while, you'd hear Nuxie go, whoa, whoa, and, and scared the crap out of everyone on the plane because he's been flying for 100 years. Sure. So when he goes, whoa, sorry about that with your sound there. Uh, so when he does that, we're all like, oh, my God, we don't know what's going on. So to this day, when we, you know, 10 years later, when uh, we're flying into a place, we get a little bit of a rough landing. We're all and we get, you know, that turbulence. We're like, come on, Nuxie, take it easy on us, big boy, because we know he's up there watching us, yeah. making fun of us and laughing at us. Yeah. He, was, he was terrific. I echo exactly what you said. He was I mean, he, he's the most wonderful person you ever want to meet in your life. He, he truly was. I always ask Nuxie for his help when we're in those white knuckle situations. <laughs> yeah. we, it's funny. We, we all pray to Nuxie. We do. When we're landing and, we're, you know, you're coming into San Francisco and you can't see the runway and you're right. above the water. Come on, Nuxie. Like, Come on, Nuxie. Come on, Lefty. Get bit, us down now. A little bit more, Nuxie. Get us in <laughs> you there. You know, though, Robbie, though, there, there would be from time to time, and we talk about what a wonderfully nice man he, he was, but, you know, there would be those moments, though, from time to time where being nice would finally hit the end of the rope. Oh, and yeah. it would always be the one or two snap jobs a year. It could be something as, as, as minuscule as a parking place at a spring training game. Right? It could be anywhere, anytime, but every now and again it would show up. And they were terrific. I mean, he'd light somebody up, and five minutes later he'd be, you know, oh, God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, a couple times a year he'd, you'd see the veins in his neck, and he'd, 
he'd get real clenched up and he'd go after somebody for, like you said, sure. somebody parked in a spot or something. You Someone know, trying to get over on the system or just trying to get over. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just like, just, why would somebody do that? Yeah. And it made him mad. Yeah. Right. Made you know, you, you were also, you know, for a long time they had the star of the game show. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it broke a lot of hearts for those of us, quote, unquote, in the business. And, and a lot of fans, when that show went away, because it got to a point in time where whether it was a visiting team's player or sometimes one of our players, they wouldn't do the show. And then all of a sudden he's sitting down there by himself and so on and so forth. But the flip side of that was you had to see so many times where there might be a player who's a very difficult guy to deal with. Could be on our team, could be on another team, where because it was Joe Nuxall, they were going to be there. There is no question about that. He got more interviews, with the exception of maybe Jim Day. Our players love Jim Day. They do anything for Jim Day. That's right. But these guys, they do anything for Nuxie. Yeah. If they saw him sitting in Rick Stowe's office, they knew he, they were the player of the game, and 99% of the time they sat down with him. But like you said, every once in a while, for whatever reason, somebody didn't do it. And you and, and those are probably the one or two times a year where he flipped out, too, because yeah. that, that bothered him because that – that takes minimal effort on part of the players mm-hmm. to sit down with a guy who's been around for 60 years to talk to him for three minutes about a game that you won. Mm-hmm. That would make him very angry that someone didn't take the time to do that. Deservedly, so I might add. I'd like to add up all the uh, hours of lost sleep for me as a kid because I was one of the kids that I wouldn't go to sleep until Nuxie said it. Right. Around and a third and for home. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like I oh, soaked yeah. up every, even yeah. when they lost, every outs of the broadcast and they were in the national league west then played a lot on the west coast and uh man those april may and we went to school into june back those days back in those days i'd stay up i couldn't stay up until nuxy signed off that was it that was the rule you know rob before i let you go and we got a break here in one minute um they've changed the way and i i should know this being in the broadcasting business but i really don't even pay any attention to it or very little attention to it but the way they've changed to get a Ford Frick Award to get into the baseball broadcaster's wing of the Hall of Fame now is quite different than it was. It used, used to be guys were up, whoever was up every year, they vote on them. Now they've changed it around a lot where basically, if I'm not mistaken, every three years he'll have a shot. Is that about the way it works? That sounds about right. They've okay. changed a lot of the – I mean, they've, they've created categories. There's current players. Right. There's former players. There's – Players from the 1800 era, there's the Frick Award, there's the Spink Award, not all voted on in the same year, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's a little hard to keep track of right now. With that in mind, uh, you know, do you get any feedback at all, that, 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 one way or another, that that has a realistic chance one day of happening? Because, I, again, I can't think of a guy who made more of an impact in his particular area than Joe Nuxall. I'll be honest, I, I don't know. I can tell you that I don't believe he's on this year's ballot. No, no this year's a national thing, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, you're right, it is a national chart. Rob, thanks. My Rob pleasure. Butcher, My Reds pleasure. Director of Media Relations. Sharing some memories with... Uh, with us today on this 10-year anniversary of the passing of Joe Nuxall, final half of the show, we're going to start talking about Reds Fest, everything you need to know about that. And we'll actually talk a little baseball in the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, back in a moment. All right, welcome back. We still have about uh, 15 minutes left on the Reds Hot Stove League program from the Holy Grail Banks in downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, we're going to get to James and Dayton, Josh waiting in Tennessee in a minute. Jim, uh, you and I were just talking. How in the world does Joey Votto not win the Silver Slugger Award 
at first base in the National League. I was shocked. I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer, but when you line up his numbers with, with Goldschmidt outside of RBIs, which get, nowadays RBIs are looked at a little differently, um, you know, you've got to have some help. Um, you line up his numbers next to Goldschmidt, and he's he's better in nearly every category. Yep. This is a – it's not a team award being most valuable to your team. This is an individual hitting award, that and the Hank Aaron Award. Based on statistical Based data. Based on statistical data. Right. But voted on by the managers and coaches, the guys that saw him play. And the fact that he didn't win the MVP is another thing. But the Silver Slug Award, I was stunned. Well, you know, it's funny. For years and years and years, with all the belly aching uh, that, that players and managers do to the media and about the, the way the media votes on different awards, and, and for years and years, one of the areas that the players and, and, and man, or managers and coaches used to vote on was a Gold Glove Award. And then that came to a screeching halt when Rafael Palmero won the Gold Glove at first base in the American League for the Texas Rangers. And he played 12 games at first base for the Texas Rangers. And everybody said, wait a minute, you got to be kidding me. There's no way that that's a slight exaggeration, but not much of one. And and now here, when you get a chance where the players get involved, I don't know how anybody in their right mind. Goldschmidt's a great player, great hitter. There's no doubt about it. Great all-around player, steals bases, good defender, can really hit. I mean, he's their Votto. But again, if you're just looking at numbers, right? How can he lose it? He had an incredible year. So, so there's a legitimate chance that he could not win the Silver Slugger and win the National League's most valuable Well, the player MVP award. is voted on by the Baseball yes. Writers Association of America, who really take a lot of time and really take their vote seriously. And now you're seeing a new wave of, you know, a lot of these writers are into sabermetrics. So he might have a better shot at the MVP, I don't know. But then, then again, it's that... What do you think the MVP is? The yep. most outstanding player? Is it the most valuable to, on a good team? So we'll see what happens it's tomorrow night, I believe. Yep, is the announcement of that. Yeah. James in Dayton. James on the radio. Nice to have you with us on the Reds Hot Stove League. How are you, James? Tom, it was great to hear you talking about Joe Knoxville getting into the radio um, casters Hall of Fame. You got a, a fan club up here 50 miles north of Cincinnati that are talking about how to get you into that club. Oh, well, yeah, well, good luck. If Nuxie can't get in, the, the rest of us don't have a fighting chance. What's on your mind tonight? That's very kind of you, James. I appreciate it. My favorite memories from 10 years ago was leaving Cincinnati and driving to Chicago and hearing your dad call a Reds game and then getting into WLW, I'm sorry, um, WGN Network and hearing you call a Cubs game. Yeah, yeah, those were, those were some fun days back in those days. Absolutely. So uh, what I want to talk about is the, the, the Reds infield. Um, I, I think I've seen uh, Senzel play in Dayton for the Dragons. Yep. I think the, the ball pops off of, uh, of his bat uh, better than anything I've ever seen, the explosiveness. I, I'm thinking about uh, a third base shortstop, uh, second base combination of Senzel, Suarez, and Peraza. How, how do you think that could work uh, either this year or next you know, James, I think this is the single most fascinating topic of the Reds' future of any of those out there, and there are a lot of very interesting ones. You know, you get into, Jim, the whole thing about Suarez. He's really solidified himself as one of the better all-around third basemen in the league offensively and defensively. 
Uh, Senzel, this up-and-coming prospect, who has played some short. They're talking about maybe a little bit of second base. Then you got the whole, the one name that James left off of there is still a part of this huge thing. you got Peraza, and you have Scooter Jeanette. Right. Well, How to figure that out? Well, I think they, just reading between the lines, I think they're going to keep um, Suarez at third base. I, I really think they're going to keep him at third base. And they, they've mentioned, and even Buddy Bell coming into the organization now had seen Sinzel at the minor league level. And I think he solidified their mind that he can play somewhere else. Yep. They're going to try him at second base mm-hmm. in spring training and even look at him in the corner outfield spots. They think he's a good enough outfield or athlete to pull that off. And Buddy Bell said he can play second base. So I don't think they want to mess with Suarez. Um, I think we're good. you're going to see Senzel moving around a little bit. I don't think he's going to be a player that's going to start the season. Uh, when you just look at the economic no. part no. of it, he's going to be at triple-A for at least the, the period of time to get the extra year of service. That's just the way it is. Um, and it's I, a smart way it is. It is. It is. There's no doubt about it. Now, I would not rule out, depending on what the market is for Zach Cozart out there, at, towards the back end of free agency, coming back around, and if he's willing to accept a two-year deal with lesser money, I'm just, I'm not, I have no inside information. I know nothing. I'm just saying I would not rule out totally that we've seen the end of Zach Cozart in a Reds uniform. I think the possibility is still there. All right, we're going to take a break. And what is the mark? I'm sorry, James, I had to cut you off. We're going to get to Josh when we get back. We have to take one more break before we get out of here. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks in downtown Cincinnati. We're right back. Final two minutes of the Reds Hot Stove League. From the Holy Grail Banks and standing uh, patiently. And uh, Josh down in Tennessee, I beg your pardon for keeping you waiting so long. How are you? Welcome to the program. Yeah, uh, doing well. Thanks, Tom. Uh, I had a comment um, speaking about Senzel. Uh, the last uh, week or ten days of the regular season, all of a sudden he quit playing. Uh, he missed the playoffs. And after no information whatsoever being released, finally there was a very vague statement released by Pensacola saying that he was having vertigo problems and he wouldn't play the rest of the year. Uh, I was wondering if you could provide an update because if, if he's having problems with his equilibrium and balance and having vertigo problems, that, is that something that's going to linger? And that, that should be a, a great concern. Jim Day, you know all about vertigo problems. Unfortunately, I do because I suffer from it. Um, so a lot of this explains a lot of things to a lot of people about yes. being off balance and off center. Um, but... No, they deemed Nick's problem to be a temporary one. Uh, it was something that they just shut him down at the end of the season. But uh, the information I got was that it wasn't um, a lingering situation. It was something that they could take care of and that he is fine now. So I don't think there's any concerns going forward that I know of uh, that has been released publicly. But I think they were just being a little uh, extra cautious with him. He had, had a great year. Uh, there was no reason to push it. At the end of the season, no reason whatsoever. But uh, I believe that was just a temporary thing. You know, the one guy when 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 it was first talked about Senzel perhaps moving and subsequently now will be looked at as a second baseman, at least getting some time there, moving into spring training this year. And the one guy that, that Joe Morgan talks about all the time, and and, and I was fortunate enough uh, announcing in the National League West when Jeff Kent became the great player that he became. Very similar kind of player to Senzel. Third baseman coming up, stockily built guy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you move him over to second base. May not be the best defender in the world, but you're getting that bat in the lineup every day. If you can hit, they'll find you a place. You better believe it. 
It's the way the game is. You got to be a baseball guy. Got to be a baseball guy. All right, next Wednesday we're here again. Jim Day, thank you. Dave Abbott, thank you, engineer tonight. And thank all of you tonight for coming out. We say goodbye remembering this, the 10th anniversary of the passing of our dear friend, the old left-hander, Joe Nuxall. May he smile in peace forevermore.